yeah, Star, can you tell me a bit about yourself? Because yeah, I don't really know too much about like your background or like how your family, you know, arrived on the island or yeah, your like lineage to St. Martin, all the all that good stuff. Okay. Um all right, let me formulate if we're going that far back. So my <laughs> my dad's from Aruba. My mom's from St. Thomas. She was born in St. Thomas, but as a kid, she traveled around a lot, foster homes and stuff like that, because her mom was, wasn't stable enough. But eventually, they all planted, planted their feet down in St. Martin. And then, um, I guess I can shorten it on how I got my name. So my, my dad, nine years before I was born, had a dream. And in that dream, me and him sat and had a brief conversation. And in that conversation, wow. my name, my date of birth, um, like, and time came to him. And then clearly wow. gender, if he, if he was talking to another man. And he woke up, he wrote it on a paper, laminated it, and kind of stashed it away. Uh, four years later... He met, he sees this beautiful woman on a balcony and he's like, okay, I gotta, I gotta meet her. So he goes up, figures out what room it is. You know, he does the math. He goes, knocks on the door. My grandmother answers and she's like, you know, hello, how can I help you? He starts, so he starts to tell, you know, I saw this woman on the balcony. I figured out it was this room and she closes the door and it's like, boom. And he's like, what the hell? So a week goes by, he's like, you know, let me try again. Maybe, you know, she might answer, not the old lady. Boom, knocks on the door, old lady comes again. So he's like, man, like, she's like, you know what? If you're going to be persistent, I'm going to, you're going to see for yourself. So from the angle my dad yeah. was looking, he couldn't see that my mom was five months pregnant. And my uh -huh. dad was like, if you're willing to go out for dinner with me, like, Let's go. By the time, my one of my aunts and her four kids were staying there. So she was like, yeah, we're watching the kids. She like, bring everybody. We're going to go get ice cream. And basically, my parents were together for 30 years since that moment. My dad raised my wow. sister from that moment on. And then five years later, my parents, um, my mom got pregnant. I can't remember if they were married before or after they got married because I was on the way. But somewhere in between, they got married. And my dad went back, checked his paper, and he was like, oh, this is a bit too coincidental. So he goes and yeah. has this conversation with my mom, like, look, this is the paper. He tells her about the dream. So they decide, okay, we're going to make a bet. If it's a girl, you have all rights to name her whatever you want. If it's a boy, yeah. based on, you know, for whatever reason, like, it's already chosen. Yeah. It's not even my choice, like. This is what he chose. So, boom, nine months later, I was born on the day around the same time, but I was born in the morning and not the night. Mm. So that's how... That's still pretty close, though. <laughs> yeah. That's, like, still, like, hella, like, coincidental. Just, like, wow. <laughs> yeah. So my, my full name is Star Savior Peterson. So, and I grew up in Simpson Bay, so I grew up right next to the beach. So, like, the water was always part of my my lifestyle. And, yeah. And then just growing up, my, my uncle, he builds, like, drag race cars back then for a living. So I grew up around motorsports, the ocean, 
And then, like, um, I used to be obsessed with Rocket Power, the cartoon. So there was mm-hmm. a lot of very um, subconscious mental training happening in my younger times. And then as I started to grow up, and then I, I picked up skateboarding. I wasn't, I was a great student. I just never had the best grades because my priorities were never there when I came home to study. And then once I picked up skateboarding, I got really good at it. And a few years in, there was a skate shop that opened up on the island across from Soggy Dollar called Rebel 7. Mm. And they pretty much started sponsoring me. So I was getting bored and clothes and whatever I needed to like progress. And I was breaking boards like once a month, like doing like the big stairs in the back of the pharmacy by um, Maho Clinic and stuff like that. Like I was going. Yeah. Full on, we would go to Orlando for the expos. I'd be like holding my own wow. with the pros and stuff like that. So that's that's where this um unwavering confidence started to develop. Where it's like, okay, you know, like maybe if I really do dedicate myself, I can really get to you know higher levels of of uh, competitiveness. And then it got to a point where the risk to reward wasn't really enough for me. So I was like, yeah. I, like when I started to really like, okay, if I want to go pro, like what are the other guys coming up and they're like doing ridiculous stuff. And I'm like, okay, you know, mm. I, I don't know if I'm willing to like really put my body on the line. And yeah. then fortunately, I, that's when I transitioned to, to yachting. So I ended up working on um, super yachts. I still work on them, but like full on, like a hundred percent for about four years. But that's another crazy story. So after I did my, when I signed up to do my course, I got uh, like automatically entered into a raffle to work on a, a, a tall ship, which is like a Pirates of the Caribbean style boat, basically. Mm. Okay, okay. And and I got chosen, so. I jumped on that boat. I went to the the British Virgin Island. And that night was interesting also because the the chef was a German guy. And he made the best homemade pizza I ever ate in my entire life. So me being a fat kid at heart, I ate way too much pizza. (laughs) And then, but we were supposed to leave the next day. So I was like, you know, I got time to digest, you know, you know, get comfortable. And then boom, the captain walks in. He's like, guys, I sorry, but tonight is a meteor shower. We're leaving in two hours. So my first like official day at sea or night at sea, I'm either spewing over the side, I'm laying on my back <laughs> trying to like, you know, settle my stomach and I'm just watching shooting stars for hours. Like every five seconds. Wow. It was um it was a memorable night <laughs> to say the least. Yeah, I bet. I guess what got you interested or like exposed to the the yachting industry because like as much as you know in St. Martin we have the massive lagoon and we see all of these mega yachts all the time like at least for in my experience the folks that were pretty much into yachting were like doing boating ever since we were like kids but we were never really like told about the marine industry as though it was something that you could actually build a career out of at least in my experience like the only person that was like dead set in being in that industry was Charlie. I don't know if you know Charlie, but he was just like, yep, this is my path. I know exactly what I want to do in it. Yeah, I know Charlie. And he was the only person that I know of that was like, yeah, this is what I want to do. But Mm -hmm. nobody else was like ever told 
about what the options were to to go into this industry so like yeah what got you even so, thinking about yachting and then in in it so at, while i was um so i dropped out of st dominic when i was 15 uh 16 so i, I ended up working full-time at the surf shop since i had all this free time on my hands and one of my mentors was the tattoo artist in the shop uh new mm. zealand a guy from new zealand and he basically like through through his his art so like um he's a carver so in the initially like Sweet. wood and stuff like that but when he through his travels he discovered um mammoth tusk so ivory Interesting. so now he's a master yeah. ivory carver and just spending a lot of time with him and learning his philosophies his life journey and one day he's like oh one of my good friends is like uh like a first officer so just below the captain on a yacht that's here and he's like you know it would be something cool for you to go and experience and try for yourself so i'm like why not you know let's 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 give it a go so mm-hmm. i so they basically like hired me for a week and we the, the day i started they started scrubbing the the deck so I reached there, they're like, boom, here's your boots, here's your brush. You know, like, don't get this stuff on your skin. Like, don't, you know, scrub the deck a certain way. So boom, we're scrubbing, okay. we're scrubbing. And, like, I, I've grown up helping my dad, like, build our family house to help him mix in cement. Awesome. So I know, I, I have an idea of what hard work should mm. be like. And I'm scrubbing and yeah. scrubbing. I'm like, man, this really isn't that hard. So like, oh, what's your plans for lunch? And th- this is a, the, the defining moment where I'm like, okay, this is what I'm going to do, you know, for, for the rest of my life kind of thing. She's like, oh, I don't know. They're like, oh, just come have lunch with us and everything, you know, we go back straight away. So I'm like, cool. So th- like, this is my first time being on like, I think that boat is maybe estimated around like 35 million or something. It was a pretty big boat called wow. Polar Star. I wish. So I'm walking yeah. <laughs> through and I'm just like, holy shit. <laughs> like, this is real, you know, like, like this stuff yeah. really exists. So I'm going down and getting lost in the boat and I get to the, like the crew mess where everybody eats. And it's they And the way like yacht chefs cook, they just cook a big portion and everybody plays for themselves. So like a buffet style. Mm. And we walk in and there's like lamb chops two different salads, like two different like starches, this fresh banana bread. And I'm just like, is a hol- is it a holiday? Somebody's birthday? Right? Like, yeah. this, this has to be a special occasion. And they're just like, no, yeah, like, exactly. we eat like this. And I'm like, this is dinner. <laughs> okay. That's funny. You know, so, and I'm like, okay, so how much, like, you know, what's, what's the average salary to expect and I was like no way you guys eat this good and like a, a, a average starting salary is like maybe like 2500 in on working on a yacht at least like a, per like month a motor yacht yeah so okay, like awesome. you, you make like serious money and then some like good food the work's not that serious and you get paid stupid money I'm like sold like where can I sign up what do I gotta do and then, like, I made it my life's mission after that. So after that, um, that scholarship experience, I did my course, which made me, like, eligible to work on the boat. And then it took me three years to get my first job on a boat. So, but in the three years, I did a bunch of small 
like charters here, like tourist trips here, and then I ended up work like mm-hmm. working as lead on one of the marinas at Porto Plazon. And that three year wait changed in three days. So I got a phone call on a Wednesday, like, hey, you know, we're in this situation, we need an extra person. Can you come by for us to do an interview with you? So I reached to the boat and the first officer, like, you know, let me have a little talk with you before we go talk to the captain. So he basically asked me everything the captain was about to ask me. And he was like, okay, mm. I like you. So when he asks you this question, you say this, you don't say this, you make sure like, you know, <laughs> specify these certain stuff. Yeah. He's like, okay, cool. You're ready. So I went up, aced my interview. They're like, we're going to call you tonight. Tonight. Awesome. They didn't call me. <laughs> Oh, so wow. Now, <laughs> so now I'm like panicking, you know, because like, and this was at the end of the season. So our main mm. season is pretty much December time till about April. So just after hurricane season and just before. Because most boats, they aren't, they can't, they, the insurance companies don't insure them if they stay in St. Martin. Like if you can leave, leave. Like don't stick around and like put the asset at risk pretty much. Yeah. So we're in like March. And I'm like, man, like almost no boats here, like another year. And I'm like, and I've, I've already like slowly like dipped into like little depressions because I'm like, I've overcommitted myself to like being on boats now. Like I've told the whole world, like everybody that knows me knows one day I'm going to travel the world on a boat. So I kind of be like, okay, I'm, you know, I'm going to get an office job, you know, like I've already mentally yeah. departed from that being any kind of reality for me. So Aww. they called me the next day and they're like, oh, congratulations, you got the job, we leave tomorrow. <laughs> so Wednesday I got the interview, Thursday I, they confirmed I got the job, Friday morning, 8 o'clock, we left straight to Europe. Wow. So, like, so I ended up working on that boat for two and a half years, which is very long in the industry. Usually people stay a, a year, six months. So two and a half was like, you know, like, okay, wow. You know, like, you're able to work with people and that kind of stuff. And then I left, once I, they sold the boat and the new owners was a little iffy. So I figured, you know, this is a good time to depart and try other, other boats in the industry and stuff like that. I ended up working for Jerry Seinfeld for a few months. That's awesome. And I love his comedy. I did a, a... He's super cool. Like, his family's cool. I beat his kids at, at Call of Duty every time they came <laughs> down. No mercy. No mercy. <laughs> and then I did That's a few funny. deliveries here and there, like going up to Canada, going up to Newport, um, down to Mexico. Um, and then after Irma happened, I was in New York. And then I moved, I got on a boat in Miami. And then once I was able to move back home, I, and the whole time, like, I'm not a big uh, message everybody and have big conversation. So throughout that process of me not being home and working on the boat, I made small videos. So like, Mm. instead of messaging everybody, I just make a video and who watches it know like I'm good. And this is where I am. Yeah. So that was me being lazy and finding the most efficient way to communicate Give with them proof of all life. my family. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then there's one video, my sister, she, my, my nephew was about one years old. 
So she would show him my videos, and there was this one video where he was just upset. He'd be like, video. So he like watched it on repeat. He probably like watched it like a hundred times. So that was like, okay, you know, he really likes the video. Let me try make a, a new one. So boom, I make a plan. I go out, I execute, I edit it. I'm like, boom, show him this one. I think he's going to like it. They yeah. watched it once. He maybe even like stopped watching it. He wanted to watch the other one. So that was the first like challenge for me as a storyteller and videographer. Just trying to impress him. So yeah, so so trying to impress him is is when I really started de- to develop my videography skills and understanding stories and and timelines and just trying to implement as much you know that that pursuit of knowledge started to begin and then what was just for my family started to really get traction with other people mm. and then I started to be like okay you know. This is cool. This is entertaining. And I'm a person, I like to stay busy. So like when I wasn't working, I was filming. You know, I'm not a big party person and stuff like that. And I love to go on adventures and bring in my camera and trying to tell the story added another level of difficulty and, 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 and challenge to all the activities I do. You know, like if I'm surfing, how can I tell this story? Opposed to just going surfing and leaving. You know, like when I go mountain biking, like, how can I capture the trail and, you know, really set set the line and, you know, bring people along with me? And just going into that rabbit hole was really, really cool. Well, I must say I am a huge fan of the YouTube channel. I love it. Like even especially when I'm homesick, I will watch it because it's so beautiful. Like the, the, the way that you capture the island just makes me so happy because like I was like, I feel like it's crazy that like we have never like had a chance to tell the story of our island, you know, through the the lens of like our people. And like it's interesting because when you go on YouTube and you look up like St. Martin or like St. Martin Adventures, it's usually like foreigners that Absolutely. come to the island and they tell their story about our island. But it's never like from our perspective. And it's like we know our island best. Like we're the ones that are actually there crawling through every nook and cranny you know of our island and it's like to see like how you have captured all of like at least like highlighting the spots that maybe don't get as much attention or like it's away from just you know your regular go to mullet go to maho yeah spiel um or go you know to like the the main attractions uh it, it's so beautiful and i like literally my boyfriend will be like oh you're watching another one of those and i'm like yeah bro i'm homesick like <laughs> like I need to uh and it's so so like it's really good like I even remember I was uh I'm one of the writers for the new I guess tourism page that they're making for St. Martin and I was like well since I'm gonna write like let me also include awesome people so like our tours tourists can actually instead of just thinking oh I'll go to the tourism website and see what they have I wanted to be like okay if you're looking for adventure and you you know really want to know like what the locals do go watch stars YouTube channel you know like mm-hmm. if you're looking for the best wedding photographers go hire Lily Peterson or Alexandra Shady and it was really upsetting to me because when I wrote it like that they removed all of that they were like we we don't mm-mm, we don't want none of that in yeah. there and I was like to me that's that is what makes us different like it, it's our people it's our unique voice and how we 
have fun on our island. Like that yeah. is what the tourists want. They don't just want, you know, a what yeah, they don't just want like that regular tourist experience. Like they can get that. What they want is something unique. And like to me, what you showed was so unique. Like to me, I'm surprised like the government doesn't give you a stipend as like, hey Star, go and make videos for our country on behalf of our country. Yeah. We'll be one of the sponsors. And you can go out and just continue to film what you do. But that in and of itself will draw people to our country. It makes me sick that they don't think like this. But no, you have fans. I love it. I, I absolutely it. am a huge fan. Yeah, from a from a business perspective, I I understand a little bit of what is happening with when it comes to like tourism and stuff like that. And it's uh if it's not broken, don't fix it mentality. And they're in the, yeah. they're they're very much in a mindset of people are still coming, you know, like the cruise ships are here, you know, the hotels are here, like they like this like this this business model has worked. You know, let's not yeah. go and interject too much into it and they don't have the infrastructure to capitalize on our nature. So me promoting like going hiking, like they there's no like there's one guide. And that's the thing for me, like, I, I've always had this philosophy, like, I'm not the person to change the world. I'm the person to, to influence that person. Mm. So, like, part of the reasons why, like, I haven't started my own tour guide company and stuff like that is because I want everyone to eat. Like, if I keep everything for myself, it's not going to benefit me. But if we start mm. to capitalize on nature in a way that it be, develops an industry. So one of my friends, um, Jonathan. He started yeah. um, Johnny Guy um, tours. And, you know, mm -hmm. so, like, I'm super happy that somebody took something that everyone's like, oh, you got to do this and do that. But for me, it's like, I'm always on the next thing. I'm, I'm, I'm the visionary. So I'm the one that's going to the trails that nobody's been to and seeing if it's viable, you know. But if I'm always going yeah. to the natural pools every time because I'm overbooked, I, I won't have the time to go and exactly continue to break walls and break boundaries so i'm i'm soup and i i can do that and still i say create a a a a livelihood without having to do everything and try and make as much money as possible you know like if he's That's making an amazing money mindset though that is doing, awesome yeah you know and it's and he like him building that it works for me because now there's more people in nature and the more people in nature is the more people that are going to look for my content yeah and then that's awesome like i i'm always excited for the next video i remember I, like i binged them all and i was <laughs> just sitting there like star when are you gonna make yeah, another so one like so I'm, I'm, just... I'm busy editing one right now and the last couple of videos have been all motorbike related content but um i'm busy doing like a super like big investment and then like i've been i started a new job at the nature foundation and stuff like that which um I was hoping would have been a little bit different, but I'm I'm in a crossroads now where I don't have mu as much time to go out and film and stuff like that. Mm. So I'm I'm I don't know if I and like I've, I'm really torn because there'll always be another job. There'll, you'll never always you'll never always have an opportunity to double down on your dream, and I feel like I'm in this very unique space where like I can go all in. You know, and I'm like, yeah, I, I think I gotta go all in. So I'm gonna make sure to do 
the best I can at like you know and and make the difference I wanted to make at the Nature Foundation. But ultimately, I think just doubling down on the YouTube channel and like doing that kind of work is gonna give me the most uh, uh, fulfillment out of life. I know? feel that. I feel that. And I mean, I definitely like living in Washington and seeing like like the 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 lengths of our like the national parks in like Washington are absolutely stunning like to go out into nature here is probably one of my favorite things to do because it's so relaxing and it does I feel like as as people there's something that is just deep in our spirit I feel that loves that stuff and I feel like we don't get enough of it and I don't know if it's because I'm also an island baby and I just I love to be around nature I love to be around just with mother earth and because she's so beautiful and she gives us so much. And to me, like for us to destroy it and to see our government not protect it just irks my soul. But I'm honestly, I was so when I saw that you joined Nature Foundation, I was like, oh, yeah, that makes total sense. Like, <laughs> of course, that seems yeah. like a partnership, you know, born to be made. But what do you do with the Nature Foundation and what exactly is the Nature Foundation for people that maybe don't even know what what the org is about? So the Nature Foundation is basically our like uh, uh, governing body for conservation. So there's people in our department that do, how you say, like consultation. So when there's like big developers coming in, like we have to go and do an environmental impact report. You know, we advise the government on, um, certain changes or implementations so that they don't have major negative effects, you know, but again, it's a give and take. So like we can't stop it all, you know, so we try mm. and just help to, to guide them the best. Um, my, my responsibilities. So I'm the park ranger on the Island. So I'm responsible what? for um, endangered species. So like um, pelicans and stuff, if there's injured birds around the Island, like I'll go and get them. We, try and rehabilitate someone or in that kind of stuff. I patrol all the dive areas, make sure the moorings are good. Um, we don't have um, like people using the dive sites without proper registration and education and stuff like that. So they're not um, harming the little bit of, of uh, nature that we can legally protect. Because most of it is, is just, you know, we hope people do the right thing and we know as people, we, we tend to not do the right thing majority of the time. And then just little projects here and there with, with helping researchers. So we get a few people that use our um, foundation as a, a, a hub. So just recently we had uh, an American bone fisheries use our, our warehouse and resources to do some bone fish research on the island, which is pretty groundbreaking because they didn't even know that we had um that particular species of fish here so it's just cool to be a part of it because before i joined i was like guys like if you have anything just anything even if i gotta like just clean the warehouse like call me i want to be involved you know and then once i got yeah. i got the job i was like man at least you know like i don't have like they don't have to invite me anymore like i just like by default gonna be part of all the cool stuff but it goes but like i said earlier i lost all capacity to 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 reside in that nine to five like office type of situation and i'm finding the friction taking place now 
and it's a, a, a bit unfortunate, but I, I, I just think we need to find a better way to, to work together. I think I've made my, 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 good, my best impression. And if I do step away, I'll still always be available for them. But I, I, I think philanthropy and just being, because there's a lot of politics and red tape involved when, you, when you're a foundation and you're dealing with governments yeah. and, you know, and I feel like that, that's holding them back, you know. So, I've, so now with the information I've acquired, I can really go out and start like using my videos and doing the work that they maybe are a bit afraid of to like rub the, mm. you know, rub people the wrong rub way. Rub them the wrong way. I feel you. Yeah. So, and like I have a, like next year, I'm gearing up to like the same way, like I really showed St. Martin on a different scale and a different side. Like I'm about to repeat that process on a whole nother level all over awesome again. awesome so. awesome now for a message from our sponsors I guess like, because I, I feel like it's very unique to hear someone say like that nine to five is not for me. You know, like I tried it. It's killing my spirit. I don't know what to do. Yeah. I guess like, what was it for you that I think it's important to talk about this because I personally agree. I don't like the whole nine to five. I don't like traditional jobs. To me, it's like I, I, I would love for us to move into a society where we were not employees anymore. And like each individual had like their personal contributions to an organization, but it wasn't through this lens of like, you're my employee. It's like, yeah, you're an I, individual I person. Own, like, I own you from nine yeah. to five. You know, like you belong exactly, to Exactly, exactly. Exactly. It's a weird, alone. like, yeah. And it, I think, it, you know, for me, it makes me hella sus because I just feel like I are, we're, are, the society that we're in is more of one where we've become like slaves to consumerism and the way that we, funnel that system is we need to create employees and so that's what we have like mass education systems that pretty much brainwash children from the day they're born to be someone's employee and I'm just like why though like wouldn't it be better if we were all just individuals that contributed to society and then you know we weren't like yeah you just outsource everything you know like exactly we we don't hire people you're like okay you you need a front desk person, like you just make your own BV and you can do administration exactly. and you outsource exactly. this person's work. Exactly, of- exactly. You know exactly what I mean. Yeah. Um, so I guess like what was it for you that got you realizing like, okay, maybe this path isn't for me and then also feeling empowered to deviate from that? Because I feel like it's hard when society is like, especially at you know our age where people are flashing, you know, their Richard Millies and Ferraris or like you know living the lavish life on the gram or what have you um to know like for yourself that you don't want to follow like a very conventional path you really want to follow that you know drive within you mm-hmm. and feeling yeah having the freedom to to actually go and explore that well for, firstly I, I definitely have a, a nice support system of open-minded people so there's a healthy balance of you need security but you can 
entertain certain risks in, 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 in what you want to pursue. And then it was a really slow, long drawn out process. So I started like really pushing my YouTube channel, like, okay, I want to see if I can make this a business. You know, I really sat down, I kind of wrote it out and see, you know, what are the angles? What, um, what is my, my niche? You know, what, what am I going to be selling? What, what, where, where am I going to be consistent? So I can build my channel on this foundation. So mm. it, it was really sitting down and taking the process and saying, okay, this is the goals and stuff like that. And then for me, it was because, again, we're getting older, we have responsibilities and stuff like that. So I was like, okay, I got to really kind of have a proof of concept before I can really go all in. I can't just say like, okay, I'm going to be a YouTuber. So I slowly started to, you know, make my videos. I worked on being consistent and then... I started to approach certain businesses. And then once I found one or two businesses that were like, I love the, the, the message. I love the, the story. It's in line with what we're trying to do. Like, let's go for it. And then once I did that, and then I started selling like commercial slots in my videos and stuff like that. And then once I really started to make money, then I could have been like, okay, you know, like YouTube not even paying me yet. And I can make, a small yeah. return on, on the time I'm investing. Yeah. And that was enough for me to like, you know, get the people around me to be like, okay, you know, like, you know, this, this might actually, but I've always been a crazy guy in the family. You know, I've always like, you know, going out on the yachts and stuff like this is all uncharted territory. You know, there was no one I can go back to and be like, you know, like having this issue on the boat, like it was all on me, you know, but I very like, my very open-minded parents. So they're always like, okay, you know, you take this approach, that approach. Cause, and that's the thing, you know, there's a lot of things in life. Those skills are transferable across the board. So mm. that storytelling and stuff like those are skills that transition into business because when you're trying to pitch something, you're just telling a story and how to define the, the, the return on investment for you and for myself and just justify, you know, what this is all valued at. And I, I always been super lucky and fortunate to end up in situations that have been uh, 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 accommodating to those. So like I've been able to build the videos and stuff like that and, and build a dream. And then on YouTube, you know, and I always study the people around me because on the boats, you know, like I wanted to be a captain. And then I, like, as I was in the process, I looked at all the captains and I'm like, you guys still working on the boat and you're like in your fifties, you know? And it's like, okay, you know, I'm not really trying to, to be working exactly. that hard. Exactly. And then I had to realize that myself too. <laughs> <It's> yeah. Like... <laughs> you're not doing what I'm trying to do, but exactly. I'm on the path to becoming you and I don't like how that looks. So I'm going to adjust. Exactly. Oh, bro. When I had that realization for myself, I was like, oh, crap. You've been asking the wrong people for advice. I'm like, you don't even want their life. Why do yeah. you care? Like, <laughs> 100%. Preach. So then I, then I switched to engineering because I, from growing up around my uncle building cars and working on my motorcycles, that, that knowledge was transferable. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. so, and, and then once, so I started going the engineering route because also if you don't want to work on boats, you come back to land, like there's no land captains, but there's always engineers. Yeah. So 
I did that, and then when I moved back, I started doing like a um, marine electrician and stuff like that, working on boats still. But then I started to get into those areas where like all like you know all the mechanics and stuff around the island have been working, and I started to look around, and I'm like, you guys all, and you still have to get up early and squeeze into holes and stuff like that, and I'm like, this ain't it. This is yeah, not I it. Feel- <laughs> And then, You're and like, then, I'm trying to be chilling at that yeah, point, like you know, mm. and and like for the same amount of work that they put in, like every six months, there's another YouTuber becoming a millionaire, bro. Mm-hmm. So I'm like precisely, like the only logical decision because I already have proof of concept. I already have a yeah. following, you know. I already made a exactly. positive impact on people because that's one of the things too. Like I don't, I hate. I don't understand how certain people can make content consistently and give absolutely no value. Mm. You know, so like my, my content is very saturated in value. You either get entertainment value, educational value, and at the end of every video, I do my little inspiration and stuff like that. So there's something like, even if you watch one video, like somebody's going to walk away with something tangible from, you know, spending... 15 minutes of their life they're never going to get back so yeah i I think that's a great way to look at it because for you you're thinking like they're giving me their time i want to at least give them something as well that's that's really nice because most people don't even care they're like give me just take i want i Um, want but i'm curious like where did that your your positive mindset come from because like even all like on instagram like you always share like really like things to change people's perspectives you know like in your videos you have like your inspirations at the end I guess like how did you develop your positive mindset especially because you said like you battled with certain periods where maybe you know it was a little bit you know shady you weren't really sure what was going on and you weren't maybe feeling the best but to still cultivate like that positivity and to feel like you radiate that positivity now like how did you I definitely got a lot of it from my mom. My mom is a very, like, glass half full kind of person. And Mm -hmm. I've also, like, I've had a a few, like, male figures in my life that were fantastic examples of who I don't want to be. So You got to start somewhere. Yeah, (laughs) you know, so, like, growing up and watching those things and, like, I'm like, okay, you know, and, and, like, I'm just... Like, I just like being happy. Like, you know, yeah. and, and and I am a very, like, big advocate for you control your environment to the best of your ability. So by me radiating positivity, I set the standards for how people interact with me. So, like, if you're down mm. and gloomy and you come around me, like, you, you're going to know I'm going to pull you up. You know, so, and then, and the thing is, like, even if you fake a little bit of happiness, like, some of it might just become real, you know, so. Yeah, like, no, there's this saying, like, if you smile, even when you're sad, it'll make you happy because you yeah. trick your yourself into feeling happy. It's funny. You know, but again, we're not, we're not talking like proper psychology and proper depression and stuff like this, you know, yeah. but, you know, like, if you're really depressed, like, there's a different processes, but just for like average people that are going, you know. And for me, it's just, and then, and I'm super lucky. I, I always like, I start every day and I end every day with gratitude. And I've been so fortunate to just 
have the resources and the people around me that I'm like, I have absolutely no reason to be sad or upset about anything. Like even my worst days are someone's dream day, you know? So especially like living in St. Martin, like blessed is an understatement, you know, mm-hmm. like people sell yeah. everything they have to just come and like work on a garbage truck to be here, you know? So like exactly. me having the opportunities and that's why I work so hard because I know I'm blessed. I'm like, okay, this is, this is not a, 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 a ticket to just, relax and embrace you know it's it's my ticket to like i don't have to fight battles most people on the planet have to fight so i need to take advantage of that that head start and really push and do something with it you know and and that's why like i put as much work like i work ridiculous hours but it pays off you know and just having that impact on people and and you know making a difference and just being in a good space is is nice Mm, yeah i definitely agree and i i definitely you know as someone that watches your videos i love that because like i try to be a super positive person and have gratitude and i think it it when you exemplify that energy like you attract that back it's it's i feel like it it's so good for your spirit and like other people around you can feel that you know and it it's interesting because it's like you then energize other people because you make them see there's like an other way to live. You know, there's mm-hmm. another way to go about your life. Um, and that's, you know, powerful. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I, I also wanted to ask your opinion on bike life on St. Martin because it's so controversial. And on one hand, you have people that are like, they're idiots. What are they doing? They're killing innocent people or like they're dying on the street why do they want to do this and then you're also like from the advocate of like but they're just trying to have fun like they're just you know trying to live life like bikes are also saving a lot of people from being in the streets so i'm curious like as someone that rides motorcycles and races them and is a part of that community how do you deal with like the the controversy around bike life on st martin and like trying to at least create maybe safer avenues for your community so that maybe it doesn't like clash as much with society or yeah, I, I don't know like, exactly. how, how does it work when you're in bike life um it's i think just in general it like just as a a, a a prerequisite for riding motorcycles you accept a certain level of risk so mm. and here in particular that risk is absolutely like exponentially higher because of the driving standards of cars. Like, like mm. if we have to look at statistics, like the people driving cars are probably 65% more likely to cause an accident than any of the most reckless riders on the, on the island. And we're talking like if out of 100%, these people are really complaining about maybe 15% and that's being like modest, you know? So like they're allowing their emotions to, to explode a situation and not really sitting back and looking at it from a, a, a proper numbers perspective and be like, okay, how big is this problem mm. really? You know? And, it's, mm. it's, and that's why like with my, the racing videos I do, I, sh- I try to showcase that we are not animals. 
we are not like brutes, we're not suicidal, you know, like we are just people with talents that, and that's the thing, you know, like, like you can take a raging river, dig canals, and all of a sudden is a flowing stream. You know, and that's that's the stage we're on, you know, like bike life in a certain extent is a raging river and we're just trying to build dams instead of make that river flow. Mm. And you're always going to be met with opposing forces opposed to developing ways to just guide these, like, because that's the thing, these guys are talented. Like, for what they are able to do while managing, like, the regular risk of riding a motorcycle normally, like like we can breed champions we can produce like people that can go and change the world but Mm -hmm. if your leaders are not open-minded or they they only act when pressure is applied we're always going to have issues they're always going to make the short solution like this they started to like do more controls with police and start taking bikes off the road but if you look at the pictures and the bikes that are on the on the trailers, none of those bikes are ridden by the people that doing the stuff that <laughs> making the problem. So it's like it's that nice is to so look, funny. Yeah, it's nice to look like you're doing something, but you really just like you're not cleaning the mess. You're Wrong not, you're bikes. Not, yeah, you're like... not making an impact. Like some innocent guy that probably didn't even see all the Facebook stuff, like. Just got pulled over. And yeah. like, oh, where's the stop? And like, oh, your, your bike gonna get crushed. And he's like, what, what, what the hell did I do? Like, yeah, you know, it's you guys yeah. that caused the trouble. And like, you guys, like, I coming from work. Like, what are you talking about? Yeah. You know. Yeah. So, That's funny. Meanwhile, the guys that like, you know, actually doing the crazy stuff, just sitting there laughing, like, you know, like, it's a small island. Like, there's yeah. videos. You know where these people live. Like, you don't need yeah, to do exactly. controls. Like, you could go and like tell the aunt to tell him, you know come outside yeah exactly like it's not exactly we're not in new york or something where you need to do a proper investigation like these people is your neighbors yeah. your friends your cousins yeah, your brothers exactly. you know so it's exactly and that's part of my my next investment i had a little conversation with a, a friend of mine last night about because so i'm i personally i'm going to be buying a dirt bike next month but I'm going to be doing more off-roading. So, like, all of those, like, okay. trails and stuff like that in the back, like, I'm going to be, like I said, again, you know, like, exposing a whole different side of St. Martin. You know, like, I've shown, like, mm. the regular, you know, the hiking, the snorkeling, the scuba diving. But now I'm going to show, like, because, like, there's places, like, I've been studying Google Maps and looking for, like, hidden trails and stuff. And I'm like, I didn't even know this place exists. Like, there's trails, like, you could wow. see on Google Map that, so, and that's the thing, like, in the videos, it's, it's all genuine. Like, when you see this place for the first time, it's because I haven't seen this place for the first time. <laughs> you know, like, and, yeah. that's, and that's why I started, like, to go back to what you were saying, like, we haven't been able to show our island for ourselves. And when I started, I was like, man, like, some medical student or some tourist is going to come and be like, wow, there's so much potential for content here. And they're going to just come and do what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. So before they come and tell it, because there was this one guy and like he would walk to Phillipsburg and make it seem like after COVID, like, oh, you know, like it's a ghost town and nothing. Yeah, open. Just, exactly. Like, create a story that's going to sell. And I'm just watching yeah. it like, look at this guy just capitalizing. And yeah, not and really that hurts doing us. Yeah, exactly. exactly. 
Mm-hmm. So I, I, you know, so I was like, you know, I kind of, kind of take that upon myself to just initiate and show that it's actually a career path, and hopefully motivate other people in different industries, or even my industry. Because the thing with YouTube is, one is like, okay, you got your niche, but two, people receive people differently, and that's why, yeah. like, there's a thousand gaming channels. There's a thousand like uh, uh, art channels. There's there's millions of of dance channels because even though we're doing the same thing, the way I communicate and tell my story is gonna be received by one group and not really well received by another. And you need that diversity mm. in order to get everyone. So yeah, and that was one so of the things true. that stopped, like allowed me to follow through. Because it's like, you know, like, ah, oh, YouTube is super saturated, you know, like, I'm not doing anything original. I appreciate original. you saying that. Mm-hmm. And it's really just the way you express yourself is going to impact someone. And that's enough. Yeah. You know, and like, you, there's so much people. And especially when you're making content, like, even if, like, after that person finished watch one video, they're probably going to watch another one and another one and another one. So you just need to be in that, that line of videos, you know? So you're not like, oh, these fans only watch my videos. Like, they watch everyone's videos. So you just got to be in that process and, like, you know, because attention is a, 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 a infinite resource. You're never going to run out of attention. You know, you're never going to run out of people willing to spend time to consume your content. So you're basically, like, you know, you, you, it's, it's infinite. You're tapping into an infinite resource. So there's really, like, developing a scarcity mindset when you come into this creator zone is such an unhealthy way to, to begin because there really is no scarcity. There's, there's, no, there's no end to adventure. There's no end to creativity. There's no end to how you tell a story. Like, you can always evolve it. You can always revisit it. So, like, I think that developing a scarcity mindset from a young age, I really had to grow out of that in order to, 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 to see the potential that was in front of me. Yeah, that, that's actually super beautiful. I really appreciate you saying that because like I've always I've been thinking to do my own YouTube channel, but then I get in my head and I'm like, but yeah, there are so many others like that. Like, why would like who would want to watch you? You know what I mean? Especially because like, The way that my brain works is like I'm super curious about so much stuff that I like for me, it's like I I don't know if I could have like one topic to give value on because for me, it's like I'm so curious. Like I want to maybe one day try pottery and make a video about that or try another day to make a candle or like one day just go on a hike. And for me, it's like trying to figure out how do I turn that into something that people would want to continuously follow or like go and be like okay that was a cute video let's go watch another one but mm-hmm. i definitely appreciate you saying that because like you're right like if you operate with this mindset of like already like you're setting yourself up for failure you know because you're like already doubting your own creative voice when it's like i feel like i had to realize within myself just like anything that you do as an individual is automatically gonna have your stamp on it yeah. just because that's just how you think like and nobody else is gonna think the way that you do as much as you like in your head you have like that voice of doubt that's like ah! like it's really like nobody else even thinks like that so mm-hmm. it's like that it in and of itself makes you unique and you need to hone in on it and yeah like there's a yeah, famous, that's, that's super there's Go a ahead. famous saying 
that says we 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 always suffer more in imagination than we ever do in reality. You know, Preach. like just the way that like in your mind we create these negative stuff and in in reality like none of it exists. Like most people it's really true. don't care what you're doing. Like you just just do you. You know, and and to go back exactly. to your like I had the exact same battles. Like I probably my YouTube channel probably started three years late because of that mindset of like I couldn't decide if I wanted to do a skateboard channel, a mountain bike channel, a scuba dive channel, a, a spear fishing channel, a motorcycle channel, or you know, a rock climbing channel. And through watching videos and my mom's current boyfriend, he, he watches YouTube all the time and he he's a, a big um he's a, a officer so he likes like guns and guns and stuff like that. So he was showing me a channel mm. of this guy and one video he was reviewing bags, the next video he's talking about his van, the next video he's on a one wheel, the next video he's like, Oh, check these cool knives out and I'm like there's really no consistency here. And then I realized the consistency is him. Mm-hmm. He, he Preach, is, tell, he is, tell him. Yeah, like he is, he is the, 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 the glue that brings all of that stuff together. So like in your, your side, you know, like if you want to do pottery and hiking and, and, and then go into coding, like you are the common denominator. So as long as mm. you work on you and make sure that you are good and that you come across happy because you are happy, then whatever you're doing doesn't really matter. Yeah. And thank then, you. I appreciate that. And when I appreciate so that. when I when I got that realization, like wow, this guy's super inconsistent, but his channel is blowing up. I'm like, yeah, I could, I like, I can do that too. You know, like, like I can just be me doing all of these things, and at the end of the day, I am that that singular factor that you know, and that's and that's why I structure my videos the way I do. So when you watch my video, regardless of what activity I'm doing, you automatically know you're gonna get a small introduction. You're gonna go on the adventure. You're gonna, and then I'm gonna close it off like this. So mm, that way, like my videos I might see. be random and everywhere, but there is structure and and some kind of like I know what to expect. You know, because if, yeah. if if it's really too all over the place, like it's gonna make people uncomfortable. So by giving my videos a specific specific structure and storyline, regardless of subject, and then you know it gives people a little bit more of like, okay, I know what I know why I'm subscribing. That's so interesting that I had no idea like you even had this internal conflict because like I've watched all of them from spare fishing to you like camping on like the, the abandoned island yeah, to yeah. bike riding to you know through the trails to even the motorcycle ones and for me as like the consumer I'm never like doubting you like I'm always <laughs> like of course he knows what he's doing you know like of course you know these videos make perfect sense. Um, but like when you're on the flip side, like it's funny because you, yeah, you have no idea what they're actually thinking about even their own content. They're just putting it out there and you develop your own like assumptions just by like, again, that voice in your head. Mm -hmm. How as like a new YouTuber, have you had like to build your, your following to get to like that, the thousand subscribers and get people like commenting and sharing your, your videos? Or did that just happen like organically as you no, kept the, pumping it, out content? No, it's uh, it one is the con so when you create content, you're, I I I, I have a, a a fish analogy. So my 
my um it's not a I hope it doesn't come across degrading or anything like that, but it's like the algorithm is one pond of fish, and then my like actual like subscribers and followers are another pond, and you only have mm. you have one video, and you gotta how you say split the food evenly, so like you gotta stay consistent. So you always have to feed your fish so they stay alive, and then two you gotta make sure the algorithm is happy. So you're making the right videos. You're you're doing the SEO and the background stuff and making sure your titles and stuff like that is on point. But then when the 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 people that are actually watching it, like they don't see you as somebody making videos for the hype or because you know this video is gonna work. You know, so it's really mm. finding balance between the two, and then just and then the reason my channel blew up is because I, re I, I realized that from making certain videos, when I invite people with me, they share it more than if they're not in the video. Mm, yeah. So yeah. like, with, and, and the motorcycle videos are the ones that really kind of took my channel, like from slowly progressing and blew it up because of the way I documented. So for me, it's mm. like today it's about the racing, tomorrow it's about the people that are racing. You know, mm. so like when I film, I capture everyone from the crowd. So like you can see yourself in the videos, you know, like I mm. take the time to like show the riders pulling up, you know, so everybody feel like they're a star in their own movie, you know. So when yeah. the riders go to watch the video, like it feels like it's about me, you know, it's not like, yeah. yeah, you know, it's like it's not it's not about the racing, like it's about the people racing. So like if you yeah. watch it the first time. You're like, oh, wow, those races was really good. And then, like, you have situations where, like, I lost my, my, my cousin a few months ago, I think, like, two months ago, in a motorcycle accident. And now I have all of this footage of him doing what he loves. That's awesome. You know, so because of the way I filmed yeah. it, I, you know, like, we can go back and, like, see his face and see him smiling and yeah. see him racing and, you know, holding up his 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 trophy and stuff like that and and, and it, it it shows that what i envisioned is actually how it is you know because sometimes yeah. like theory and reality don't always blend well so fortunately in this instance you know the way that i captured everything was really you know to do justice to the people as much as the sport and that's that's why my channel picked up and ran because everyone's like, oh, look at me in the video, you know, like, look at us, or yeah. look, at, look at your cousin, look, look at your brother, or, or this, for the exact yeah. same thing, you know, like, we have people that are from here, that rode here, that don't live here anymore. So for them to be like, oh, you know, like, checking out the bikes and what the, 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 the level of the, the motorcycle scene is. And also for the people that don't race, to just see, you know, what like is get, it get about? an insight, yeah. yeah, you know, to get an insight of, of what the culture is, and you know, and, and I feel like I've done, like, they've always been motorcycle videos, but they've never done it, you know, like, they never bridged that doing it for the hype and doing it for the people, and I feel like my videos yeah. have, have a, a happy medium where it's like, you know, obviously we racing and it's super dramatic and stuff like that, but it's also for the people that are watching it, you know, the, the the, the the loved ones that want to see their loved ones, you know, race and you know progress and challenge themselves. Like, is is a lot of a, a lot of what I do has nothing to do with me. Like every like all my videos, like I don't make it really for me. I make it for like 
people like you that don't live here that or people that do live mm. here but don't get out and explore like i make mm. my videos for them you know because like every every video i do is stuff i would do with or without the camera mm. like I, i'm not like okay i gotta go shoot a vlog or like you know like no like i go hiking like i might as well bring anyways. yeah i might as well bring my camera with me kind of thing and that's yeah you know, so it's really it, it, it's natural for me I, I, it's easy for me to put in that work in those hours because i am not overreaching what is naturally something i do on a regular sweet and like for young same partners that maybe want to get into the youtubing space but they don't have like a lot of support or they don't really know like what like tools they might need i guess like what advice would you have for like young students or just young people on the island that maybe want to get into youtubing whether it be for like just things that are really like unique to our culture um that really don't get highlighted or don't get shown and they maybe want to open avenues for that mm -hmm. what as someone that had to pretty much because you've pretty much funded your whole you know channel yourself you know yeah. you have made amazing partnerships with like the manly shop. family for diving and yeah. yeah exactly i love that i love them they're so awesome uh but i guess like for for folks that maybe don't know people you know they're in their they're still young they're just you know maybe in class um and they're thinking about doing this but they don't really know like what they would need to really like shoot a good video i guess what advice would you you have for someone that's like thinking of starting wants to start but really just has no clue because there's little resources on the island um I would say embrace failure. Like once you become comfortable with failing, the rest doesn't really matter. Mm -hmm. So like, like if your quality isn't the best, but you're like, man, whatever, I'm just going to get it going. You know, like I, I think a lot of people get caught up on trying to analyze and compete in the beginning. In reality, like the first person you need to beat is yourself. Like you need to beat your mindset. You need to beat your doubt. You need to beat all of these things. And by accepting failure, you allow yourself the room to actually commit. And and a lot of people like, oh, you know what camera I need to buy? Like it doesn't matter what camera you have. It doesn't like in the beginning, like you just need to overcome getting started. And then once you get started, mm. then you have information that you can say, okay. Um, you go back, you watch a couple of your videos or while you're editing, you're like, wow, the audio wasn't really good. And then you start from there. You're like, okay, now we got to invest mm. in a, in a microphone and then boom, you know, your, 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 your audio quality is good. And you're watching and you're watching you're like, wow, you know, like maybe your, your editing isn't fast enough or it's kind of slow or the way you talk is a little bit off and then boom, you have a new metric now. So now you're like, okay, how mm. can I, I speak a little bit better? Or how can I, I structure my video a little bit different? And then now you're on video 10, video 11. And you're like, okay, you know, the quality isn't the best. And then boom, now you know, okay, let me, let me try and get the camera. But now because you're in the, 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 the field, you understand a little bit of the mechanic. You can say, okay, like this is the kind of camera I need. Like for me, like a Canon DSLR isn't the camera for me. Like a GoPro is the camera for me. You know, but until I start that process, like even now, like a lot of guys just use iPhones because they're pretty water resistant. So they just use the iPhone everywhere. So, yeah, you know, so and, and you can get like really cool cages to add microphones and stuff like that to your iPhone. 
So it's really just about getting started and then using the, 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 the knowledge you gain as you go through the process to then answer your own questions. Awesome. Yeah, I definitely, I love that. Cause it's like, I think a lot of people get hung up on perfection and it stops them from like ever really getting started. Cause they think like, well, I need to have a fancy camera. I need to have a fancy mic. I need to have it so that it's smooth, you know, like yeah. it's not like a jaggedy me holding the camera, you know, or whatever, but it's like, and then I, I thought, I love how you said, it's like, you will find the things you want to change about your own video and naturally progress. So it's like the first time you do it, you'll realize, okay, maybe I didn't like this part of it. And that gives you something to strive for. So then you're on this constant path of growth and improvement. And it's like, I feel like at the end of the day, the people that really rock with you, that get you, that understand what you're about, aren't going to care about that because they see that you're growing. And that in and of itself is something that the audience also gains because they get to see you grow as a person. And I think that that's beautiful to see because we're all growing all the time. And to show like your own failures, I think makes it easier or like less scary for other people to fail because then they're like, oh, like it's it's not that bad. Like yeah. you can make, you know, you can come back from that. Um, yeah. And I think that's that's beautiful. I had one other question for you before we wrap up, and it was regarding the the skating that you do with Veronica um, on Tuesdays. Yeah. I'm curious, like how that began and. Uh, yeah, like how, yeah, what the what, what the goal is behind like those skate sessions. I think it's so cute like to see like all the, the kids that come out to learn to skate with you guys. And I know yeah. Veronica Lo is in, super into that stuff. So yeah. I, I was super curious to hear like how how all that started. So like now that I, I, I'm a little bit older because I'm 27 now, I, I feel like I'm in a position to do what like the guys at the skate shop and stuff did for me, for others. Mm. So like me and her would get together because she's like she was getting into it and I I skate I've been skating for like maybe like thirteen years or something like that now. So we would just hang out and start skating together and then eventually I was like you know like my my schedule's pretty busy so I might as well just say like let's commit to like a certain time once a week we get to skate and then you know it just kind of developed into like oh you know it's more people coming and like oh you know let's expand it and reach out and see you know like because there's always been people skating on the island they just never get together mm, you know so and yeah so i think the biggest goal is to again you know like she really has that boiling passion for, for it i kind of went through all the phases and disappointments already so for me it's just using my resources to help fuel her fire and let her take that off the ground and build something that she can you know, like build, because mm. I like skateboarding is something like global now that, you know, and there's so much, and that's, that's one of the biggest challenges, especially like for someone that grew up on an island, you know, all too well, is if it's not mainstream, there's really nothing for you to do. So like, if you're not super good in school, you're, you're not a basketball player, soccer players, cricket, swimming, like if you're anything outside of that little bubble, like you're kind of screwed. You're not going to have anybody <laughs> to, to like bounce ideas off of or coach you or anything like that. Yeah. And you're Which seeing, is sad. Like, oh, I hate that. I hate it it's so brutal. much. Super brutal. And, that, and you're seeing that effect happening with the motorcycle culture. You know, like because it's not something accepted as a, a, a career path. And it's unfortunate. And that's why like I'm investing and, and 
working on this project I'm going to be executing on, especially with the, the popularity of the motorcycle videos, I have found ways to incorporate per my personal videos and, you know, try and drag some of that attention into the rest of my vlog. And it's just the wheeling thing is cool, but it's not a career path. It's not yeah. a, a it's not a skill set that you can put on paper and go to companies and be like, look, I'm a really good wheelier, that kind of stuff. Like, you know, can let's work together and see how we can create a partnership. And it's it's not there yet. Mm. But like we have a motocross track on the island, but again, that's for one type of riding. But the riding that these guys do, like they would be really good at doing enduro, like um difficult trail riding and stuff like that. And that's what I want to try and expose and create a zone that we can do something like that with. And mm, that awesome. is a skill set that if we can show and develop that these guys can say like, look, I can ride through the craziest terrain and make it look easy. How can we develop a partnership and how can I, you know, help push your brand and sell your product? So that's just yeah. that's, so that's yeah. my goal for next year to just try and shift the mindset a little bit and try to get some of these guys off the roads and into the hills and see if that's something that, you know, can create a, a more positive outlook on. Because the problem is not going away. Like you could destroy every single bike. They're going to find ways to get bikes in. Like you're not going to exactly. decor no more motorcycles, you know. So that crushing bikes exactly. and stuff is, is a very toxic way of trying to solve a solution you know like it's wrong so yeah. stop it and it's like exactly why should i stop living you know like like i've i've dedicated a great portion of my life i've i've assumed risk to acquire these skills and like this is where i have found a place to define who i am mm. and now you're trying to tell me like no that's not good like yeah. we are people, you know, like we we're resilient and once you find love, like love is blind and if you love mm -hmm. something, like ain't nobody gonna tell you whether it's good or bad, like we're gonna die anyway. Yeah. So exactly. I might as well enjoy my time before <laughs> I die. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> where do you where do you see this going? You know, like what is your, your like goal? Like the podcast? Yeah, like what is your like is it predominantly like uh, how you say like touch base with home kind of thing or so the thing is, is like the way that my brain works is I, I love to learn. I think that's low key why I did well in school was not because I actually enjoyed my school. LU is trash, <laughs> but um, I love to learn. Like I am super curious. I am so fascinated by the universe. I'm fascinated by the mind. I'm fascinated by technology, which is why I became an engineer because like nobody on St. Martin could tell me how anything worked. And I wanted to know, like I really wanted to understand it because i was like well we're using computers like <laughs> how does it work like yeah. how, how does this thing like do stuff that i tell it to do why does it you know do what i tell it to do and nobody could answer me mm -hmm. and so i was like well i guess we'll figure it out for the podcast it was more of like I wanted to have a place where i could share that and share all the stuff that i think about and also like have awesome conversations with people that inspire me like you you know and like to highlight your story highlight what you do because i think like 
the world doesn't get to see the awesomeness of St. Martin. Like, I feel like we on the island, we see it. To me, St. Martin is like the best place on earth. I think St. Martiners are the best people on earth. And there is something so unique about the people there that no matter where I go in the world, like, my heart always wants to go back home. As much Mm -hmm. as it's like, I can't because, you know, I'm trying to build a foundation for myself so that I can have like the freedom to really live my life and not be bound to a system that like requires you to work and slave away just to buy meaningless crap for me i really you know want to highlight our community and highlight our voice within the world because to me like we are incredible and it's a shame that i feel like our country doesn't support our people doesn't support you know um, people that are doing amazing things whether it be in mainstream careers or not mainstream careers and for me like the podcast also gave me a space to just be myself and to like let out the struggles that I feel whether it be um, mental you know questions that I ask myself understanding the importance of gratitude understanding the importance of like self-awareness because to me it's like the ultimate purpose to life is to be your best self and that is like always a journey because every day you progress every day you learn something new about yourself and to me, everyone should have the opportunity in this life to live their best life because, like, why not? You know, like, that's why we're here. I, I am not of the belief that people should be miserable. Like, life is too short for that. And to me, it's like, the way that I look at it is I'm an expert in me, and but I'm a student of life. And so it's like understanding my journey and then sharing as much as I can to help uplift and help other people grow because I realize a lot of the time it's like people just don't know you know like if you don't have people around you that are positive if you don't have people around you that are telling you yeah if you're dealing with anxiety if you're dealing with stress go meditate for a little bit and this is why you should meditate and how it's going to help you become a more disciplined person so that you can go on and move throughout the world and do awesome stuff to me, that's like the whole point. Like, I want to empower people to feel like they have the power within them to change their life because we all do. And if I can go in that and also show people that are doing that, that are making a difference, that are taking the path, let you know, not frequently walk, that are doing it and doing it well and are being super positive and are trying to help other people along the way, then I want to be a part of that tribe. Like that's the tribe I want to be a part of. And so for me, the podcast is just a way of manifesting that in the world. I don't really have like a goal because like podcasts aren't even really like big in the region, but I think a lot of it is because we just never knew. Like I didn't really know about podcasts until I left St. Martin and knew like people even made these things um, and that it was so easy to make like I'm so frustrated sometimes when I think back to high school because I'm like we could have all have started YouTube channels and podcasts oh man that's the only regret I have in my life not same like 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 not vlogging when I was in high school like when I first started skateboarding like that right like our lives like is amazing yeah like like we could have it been sells the logan itself. we could have been the logan Paul. exactly 100%. bro exactly i feel that i feel that because i'm like i think of just even how my high school class like all of my classmates and i'm like we were literally perfect like for this type of industry yep. and nobody told us about this like no like we were already making film star like for class we would make videos for class so it's not like we weren't already doing this nobody yeah. had told us hey, if you put this on YouTube, you could 
Like it, it may not go anywhere, but at least let's upload it to YouTube and see yeah. what happens. Nobody, Nobody said, said that. Nothing. So like right now, I just refuse to make that mistake again. So that's and that's why I push hard. Also, you know, like I like I let that regret fuel my fire to not make that mistake again. Because I know, like even now, like like you know, it's already proven that. You know, just me being me and doing what I do is stuff that people want to see. And yeah. I, I'm going to keep pushing. Yeah. And like for me, I don't know where my life is going to go. I My ultimate goal is financial freedom. And I would love to build like the dopest technology to help really. Because for me, I feel like technology is awesome. But the reason I'm in the tech field or a tech industry is really because I want to build tech that changes the world, not just keeps it the same. Like. I want to be on the forefront, you know, AI, um, new ways of like uh, wellness and health, you know, um, therapies, stuff like that. Uh, and it's like that. I feel like I just let my curiosity drive me because it's never led me down the wrong path. Like mm. I work at Microsoft, like that is insane. Like I could not in my life had ever thought that I would ever be here. And my curiosity led me there. And it's like now I get to be in rooms with people that as much as I may not want their life, they have knowledge that I can learn from. And mm -hmm. so it's like taking that wisdom and applying it to my vision, like you said. Like, I also think of myself as a visionary, so I feel you there. <laughs> I, de I definitely think, like, we, like, how I say it, like, I'm surprised. Like, we're definitely going to be friends after this because, like, oh, we're very like-minded. Because, like, even, yeah. like, for me, like, I, like, my curiosity, like, I have, like, Arduino boards and stuff, like, in, in my dresses behind me. Like, I do like dabble in programming and making stuff because like especially like as a, a yacht engineer you got to be very diverse because when you're out exactly. in the ocean I like you, like you don't maybe don't know how to fix things but you need to understand the language so when you communicate with the people that do you can actually be affected exactly exactly so like yeah I, a lot of it is just the terminology like mm -hmm. And then just applying it to whatever you gotta do. Mm -hmm. it's, it's like, exactly. It seems exactly. like rocket science until you get it, and then you're like, "Oh, these these guys are really not that smart." <laughs> Bro, know, but tell me about it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but they, they, tell what, me what, about they, they're it. confident enough to try and say it. Exactly. Exactly. A lot of it is like I. My goal also with the podcast is to make engineering seem less scary, um, because I think from the outside looking in, it it seems like oh, all of this fancy ones and zeros to do all of this crazy stuff but it, like really when you get in that world you realize like it's not like yes there's the the complicated physics and all of that but i feel a like if the, people a lot of the hard work more... is done yeah exactly not even that a lot of it is just leveraging what already exists like you said exactly. and it's just like the way i think engineer because engineers are bad at communicating they <laughs> made it so that the masses don't understand technology Mm -hmm. And as a result, like people don't feel like it's easy for them to understand, you know, they just want to use their computer. They don't really care about how it works. But I yeah. think like if you understand how it works, then you feel more empowered to hold engineers accountable because sometimes they'll do stuff and they don't have a good reason. You know, like they might have a reason, but as people using technology, I think it's important that you understand how it works so that you are empowered to protect your rights as humans because yeah. otherwise like they can exploit that if you don't understand how you know um all of these companies make use of your data then they can just continue exploiting you you know because you don't know and you're not going to question it like you get yeah. your new iphone or your new computer and you don't really think too much about it but 
I hope to help educate people on it because one, I think technology is awesome. And if people better understood it, then we could have even more interesting conversations around it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, I hope to enlighten our people because I would love to improve our technical infrastructure on the island because it is also trash. And I think that's one of the reasons why it's so hard for people to get into that digital space. But it's in the yeah. plans. It's, it's, you know, it's a long life I hope to have. And it's one of the things I hope to be a part of. And I agree. I definitely think we'll be friends. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> yeah, but that's uh, good though to have and I, uh, yeah. different levels of You goals. need to meet Will. I think you would like him a lot too. He's <laughs> super into the snowboarding and all, all that crazy shit. Oh, epic. Like, yeah, no. I'm, like right now, like I am curating the most epic life one can live exactly right exactly like, like and that's what, what makes it exciting yeah you know and like like what i have in store for myself and and just manifesting you know like i've i've, I've done it mm-hmm. unintentionally and now i'm really getting really good at it so like right as long as i don't die like this shit is gonna well, be we're here <laughs> yeah exactly exactly but I do want to end with some, with like your a tidbit of your inspiration. So can you share some some inspiration for the the Chatterbox audience today? Um, so I think we're gonna our inspirational words of today is I'll take a little off for you and then I'll add some to it. Is just sure be willing to be curious. You know, like if 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 stuff is is intriguing, like just try and educate yourself on it. And then if you feel like you're really drawn to it, just be willing to fail. You know, like just allow yourself to just entertain it, you know? Don't shoot yourself down. Don't don't bring it don't tell yourself, Oh, you're not good enough. Like I'm really like I have a bad habit of saying like I'm not a smart person. I just end up in smart rooms. You know, like I always end around people with like big degrees and stuff like that, but I'm still able to communicate and stuff like that. So like I don't allow where I feel like I'm weak to overshadow where I'm strong. You know, and you just mm-hmm. gotta take time to learn yourself and figure out where your strengths and weaknesses are and how you can transition that into a career. Because a lot of us just get forced into just okay, school's on, you gotta go study, you gotta do something with your life and mm-hmm. just kind of making poor decisions, which in long term are good decisions because Knowing where you don't want to be is as important as knowing where you do want to be. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Chatterbox. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to show your support by subscribing to this podcast and leaving us a review. Follow us on Instagram at the.chatterbox for teasers and updates.